0: Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. We've been talking about releasing a kingdom of priests and that there is an opposition of the enemy. We're talking spiritual warfare. Uh, The last couple weeks, I told you I'd give you an overview and then it'd get a little bit more in depth and then my overview went a little bit longer. And uh, got a little bit more in depth last week, but I want to try and conclude this because we're moving on to some other things. Uh, but I want to talk about kingdom authority this morning. But following up from last week, if you, if you uh, weren't here, let me encourage you. The, uh, the teaching is on the uh, website, and you can listen to that. I'm not going to try and review everything because I would never get beyond last week. But Romans twelve two says, don't be conformed to this world. You can understand when we're talking about that behind the culture, the, the values of our culture is actually a demonic principality that has set things up against the kingdom. And it affects us in a lot of ways. It, it affects us in our uh, self-image. It affects us with insecurity and rejection. But it also is against what God is doing. You have to listen to, to get all that. But you can understand with that understanding why the writer of Romans says, don't be conformed to the world. Don't allow this to influence your thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there are philosophies, there are ideas in the world that are set against the kingdom. They misrepresent God, they misrepresent what he's doing, and if we buy into that, it handicaps us So we need to not be conformed, but be transformed. I started out about four weeks ago with a story of a guy who was demonized. I was raised in a evangelical church, got filled with the Spirit in my late teens, went to this other church, and we had a (laughs) retreat at men's getaway, and one of the guys asked me to pray for him, and I began to pray that a spirit of rejection... Would be removed. Now I just meant spirit of rejection like an attitude, you know, a mindset. I actually had a foundational teaching that Christians didn't get demons. But when I began to pray this, the guy falls on the floor and starts slithering like a snake. I didn't know the human body could do that kind of stuff. And it made me question what I was taught. Challenge my theology. Let me say this. My experience didn't determine my theology, but it did make me say, hey, where, why do I believe what I believe? Is it really the Bible? And I had to go back and take a look. And then what we've been talking about over the last three or four weeks has been kind of a condense, condensation of that. So we're going to get into kingdom authority this morning, but before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the one who leads us into truth. We acknowledge our dependence on you. We open our hearts to you. But we say, God, we have the incredible privilege of partnering with you for your kingdom's purpose. To see the works of the devil destroyed. And Lord, what a privilege. What a purpose that we get. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. I've got dozens of scriptures this morning. I can only do this because Tim is on the overheads. (laughs) No, Christy's actually really good at that. (laughs) We're throwing Tim in the deep end. Matthew 28. You get it thrown up on the... uh, screen behind me, and I actually have to turn to it and read it. <laughs> Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Most of us read that, and we go right on to the Great Commission. Why did authority have to be given to Jesus? You never asked that, did you? Maybe I'm the only one that does this kind of stuff. We're going to come back to that. Luke, chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus speaking to his disciples, said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus received all authority, and then he delegated I'm going to give you an overview of this before we get into it. Back to Genesis chapter 1. I want you to see that, the whole picture. God In creation, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, or authority, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion or authority over all the earth. Understand this. God, when he made us, made us for relationship with him. We're made in his image. But he also made us for rulership. He gave us authority. Sin broke that relationship, and lost that authority. That's why Jesus refers to Satan as the ruler or the God of this world. God didn't give the devil authority over the planet. Man did. Think about that. Many of us have this theological idea that says everything that happens is God now, ultimately, God is supreme, and he gave man authority. and man was dumb enough to sin and give it away to the devil. But devil, the devil is now the ruler of this world. We have this concept sometimes that creeps in that says everything that happens is God. It's built into our culture. We have a hurricane, and we call it an act of God. It wasn't God. The evil that's happening on the planet is because Satan is the ruler of this world. Now, when we get saved, we come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, kingdom of Jesus' son. He's now our our Lord. We're now part of his kingdom, and we partner with him to advance that kingdom to overthrow the kingdom of darkness. But I want to tell you, there is a kingdom of darkness. And it's not good. And it wasn't God's plan. God had this wonderful plan. Authority was lost with sin, but it was regained. Colossians chapter 2. I know Colossians was in my Bible this morning. (laughs) Somebody moved it. Colossians chapter two and verse five. Sorry, verse fifteen. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing, triumphing over them in it. Yeah. It is the cross. When it says he disarmed them, doesn't mean he actually cut their arms off. It actually means that he took the authority back. In the cross, not only was our sin forgiven, but the rulership that we had given away was taken back. 1 Corinthians 2.8. I told you I'm going to give you a lot of scripture this morning. says, which none of the rulers of this age, talk about the wisdom of God, none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known what was going to happen by killing Jesus, they wouldn't have done it. They were actually giving away the authority that Satan had usurped at sin. Had they known it, they would have said, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. So in Matthew, where it says, all authority has been given to me, you need to understand this is not the authority over the universe. This is the authority over this planet that God gave to man, that man gave away, that Satan took and that Jesus has brought back. Okay, you still with me? Yeah. Just hang in there. That's the authority that he then delegates to us. Luke chapter 9. Verse 1 and 2. And he called his 12 disciples together. Let me just do an aside here. Disciple literally means a taught one. But it wasn't an academic thing. It was someone who was a follower of Jesus. Now, That meant that there were these rabbis who would go around and they would call people to follow them and they would join them and they would live with them and get to know them. And where it says, take my yoke upon you, the yoke was actually the teaching of that rabbi. It had nothing to do with oxen and sheep. In in that day and age, it was the teaching of the rabbi. So they were actually taking on his teaching and his understanding. So when Jesus says, Come to me and take my yoke upon you. He's saying, come and follow me and let me teach you. Disciple means taught one. But it was a relational term. It wasn't an academic term. It wasn't sit in a classroom somewhere. It was actually live with him. And so when he talks about his disciples, he's talking about ultimately all those who are not just followers of Jesus, but who have relationship with him. Does it restore rulership without restoring relationship? We're made for relationship and rulership. Long, long view of the Bible is that God made us ultimately to rule and reign with Christ. Right? That's the end of the book. Marriage, supper of the Lamb, ruling and reigning. He made us with the capacity to have relationship and to have rulership. Why? Because ultimately we're going to be the bride of the king of the universe. Does that make sense? And so, he says, his disciples, and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. We read earlier in 1019, I give you authority to, to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Matthew 10.1 says, very similar. When he called his 12 disciples, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. Just for your understanding, that word power, there's, there's two words. Authority is exousia in Greek, and power is dynamos. This one translated power is actually exousia. It actually should say he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Jesus is delegating his authority to those in relationship with him. That's us. We're going to get to what that means in just a moment, but let me just give you an aside first. There's a difference between power and authority. Like I just said, I was driving uh, a couple weeks ago and was driving up the, the hill, and there was a random breath test and I'm driving up the hill, this, all this traffic, and this police officer just steps out in the middle of the traffic with a flashlight and just kind of waves people over here. And I'm thinking, one, that's, he's actually standing in the traffic. You could get, get smashed that way. But if you were, knew that you were over the limit, he has absolutely no power to stop you. You're in a car and he's standing on the ground, but he has an authority. You could bypass him, but then all the power behind him would eventually come into play and it would keep escalating until they stopped you, right? There's a difference between power and authority. Understand this, the power behind the authority that Jesus gives us is God himself. The power behind the authority that Jesus gives us is God himself. You know what the Bible says about God? It says the heavens and the highest heavens can't contain him. Now, we read that and we just pass right over it. But you ever think about how big the heavens are? I'll tell you really quick. Closest star to us is five light years away. That's trillions of kilometers. One star. Closest one. Our galaxy, they tell us, have a hundred billion stars. Just think about that for a second. But our galaxy is one of over a hundred billion galaxies. That's just so big we can't comprehend it, but God is greater. That's the power. Okay? No matter how much power the devil might have, it's finite and God's is infinite. Now that's not, one's a little bit bigger than the other. One's a little bit stronger. That's infinite and finite. Wouldn't It wouldn't illustrate it well, but let me say it's like this. There's a little fly on the podium here, and I go. (laughs) Still not infinite power. (laughs) What I want to say is this. The power is not us. We have the authority. The power is him. And if we don't understand those, we get into trouble. If we think it's dependent on me. But there's a couple of verses that say something different. What about Luke 24, 49 that says, wait until you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What about Acts 1, 8? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses. What about Acts four thirty three? And they testified with power. What about that? I'm glad you asked. I'm sure you were already questioning those. I can see that Johnny was. I want to tell you this. I was very clear that we have power over ourselves. We have power to be witnesses. We have power to overcome fear and intimidation. See, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. We have power to make the right decisions when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. That's different than having power over something else. We have power over ourselves, but we have authority, kingdom authority, to do a number of things. Four, I'm going to tell you about this morning. You know this. We have kingdom authority to preach the gospel. Jesus says we're his representatives, his ambassadors. You can actually preach the gospel. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to die in our place so that we can be forgiven and come back into relationship with God. Let me tell you a really simple illustration. I've used it all my life so I would remember it. Pretend this is God. You've got to use your imagination here, okay? Pretend this hand is God. Okay? And pretend this is you. I use my hands because they're kind of like the Bible says we're made in God's image. Okay? We're just talking about image. We're not talking about power now. But we're made in God's image to have relationship. There's only one kind of relationship you have with God. He's God and you're not. We're not in charge. He is. That's why we were made. But the Bible says very clearly that something happened. Something got in the way. Sin made a separation between us and God. And the result of that, if we continue in it, is that we'll be eternally separate from God. But the wonderful story is that Jesus, who is God, came and says, He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. So we could go to heaven? No. That's a byproduct. So we could have relationship with God. That's what heaven is about. If you don't like God, you're not going to like heaven. He made us. Jesus became sin for us. That's a whole other sermon we'll get into one day. That is just beyond our comprehension. But we have the authority to preach the gospel of the kingdom. That's the greatest thing we can ever do. Okay? We also have authority to heal the sick. Which is wonderful. But it doesn't compare to preaching the gospel. Because the gospel is eternal. When Jesus said this, those who believe in me, the works that I do, We'll do the works that I do and even greater works. What are the greater works? Jesus healed people. He raised people from the dead. What was he talking about? Guys, he was talking about preaching the gospel because the result of that is eternal. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. Healing the sick is a wonderful thing. We're going to talk about that more in depth later on. But we need to understand in context We have authority to deliver people from demonization. Those who are demonized. We have that authority. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And now we're his ambassadors and he's given us his authority. Let me say this. We have that authority without fear of, quote, infection. There was a teaching that went around for a while that if you pray for people and your, your heart's not totally pure and you're not totally holy, that they'll, they'll get delivered, but the demon will get on you. Jesus said, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will by any means hurt you. That's what he's talking about. Mark 16. 18. the end of Mark it says this, talking about believers and they'll take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Taking up serpents isn't talking about handling snakes in a religious service. There's some weird people in, in uh, America that do that and unfortunately every year or so somebody gets bitten by snakes and dies. Uh, and that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about when you face people who are demonized, you have authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. It's not about finding snakes and playing with rattlesnakes. Okay? That's just crazy. That's but we don't have to be afraid. If it's your power, then maybe you'd better be afraid. But it's not your power, it's God's. Yeah, and his authority. And it's infinite and finite. It's yeah. pretty amazing. The word sozo, which is translated salvation or saved, literally means saved, healed, and delivered. Fourthly, we have authority to forgive. That's a pretty heavy duty thing. The Bible actually says this. He Who sins you forgiven, they're forgiven. Think about that for a second. You have not only the power, but the authority to forgive. If someone sins against you, you can forgive them, but their sins are forgiven. That's amazing. That's not something you carry in yourself, you have the ability. To forgive, but when you forgive, the authority of Jesus kicks in and their sins are forgiven. Let's just, I mean, how can we not forgive? Power to preach the gospel, power to heal the sick, power to deliver from demonization, power to forgive. And all that is secondary to knowing Jesus. He says, but don't glory in this, glory that your name's Written in the Lamb's book of life. It's not talking about some place in heaven. It's talking about glory that you actually come back into relationship with Jesus. That's the key. Do you understand that? If you understand that, you'll understand why the devil doesn't want to see a kingdom of priests released. Because what that actually means is that there's a whole lot of Jesuses running around. Destroying the works of the enemy, healing the sick, setting people free, preaching the gospel that affects people's eternity. I said it before, John 14, 12. If you believe in me, the works that I do, you'll do, and even greater works. Because that's not just some ideal to attain to. That's the reality when we understand the authority, kingdom authority, that's already been given to us. The devil doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want to see people released into ministry. So he's going to oppose the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's going to oppose the working of miracles today. He's going to oppose the releasing of the priesthood. He sees what's coming. If all these people are released in the authority and relationship with Jesus and they're doing the the works of Jesus, the kingdom is going to be advanced. So he goes back and he says, I see that happening, so I'm going to start early and say, don't believe in the Holy Spirit. You don't need the Holy Spirit. Or he says... Yeah, you can believe in the Holy Spirit, but don't believe that miracles are for today. There's a whole part of the church that believes, it's called cessation, It ceased, cessationism, that the miracles ceased with the apostles. Now, the premise of what they believe is that the miracles were the confirmation of the people when the Bible says the supernatural is the confirmation of the word, not the people. It's a confirmation of the gospel. These signs, and sorry, we just read it in Mark. Let me read it again for you. After the Lord spoke to them, he received them to heaven, and sat down at the right hand, and they went out and preached everywhere the Lord, working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Yeah. Yeah. Not confirming the person. Miracles don't confirm anything about the person, they confirm the awesomeness of God that he can use people. Three quick myths. I'm getting sidetracked here. Myth is that if God does something supernatural through me, that that means that I'm holy. (laughs) Or that I have faith. Or that my doctrine is correct. Correct. Or that my lifestyle is pleasing to Him. All those are myths. If God does something supernatural through you, the only thing it confirms is that He's big enough to use imperfect vessels. See, all those kind of say a little bit about me. I get a little bit of credit, a little bit of glory. If God uses me to bring healing, it must be because I'm special some way, knows because he's special. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And quite often, he's simply looking for someone who's available. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, he's not looking for someone who's perfect. He already knows there aren't any. He's, he's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's I'm going to weed through everyone till I find someone who's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I've already said there's none that are perfect. No, not one. Yeah. That's what he said. He's not weeding through people trying to find the perfect one. He's saying, who's available? Let me tell you, be at peace. You're not perfect. But he's big enough. The heavens and the highest heavens can't contain him. He can still use us. Isn't that amazing? What a privilege. So the devil's against all that. But God's plan is a kingdom of priests led by a spirit with his authority who are comfortable in their relationship with him and intimacy with him that they're not looking to make a name for themselves. They're not looking to, to use Jesus as a means to have some sort of reputation or ministry or fame. Just people who say, Jesus, what do you want to do? and you get the glory that's what he's looking for John 20 and we're going to finish here verse 21 Jesus said to them again peace be to you as the father has sent me I also send you I felt as I was preparing this that there's something of a commissioning again that Jesus wants to do with us. But you know what? Before we can do that, we've got to have peace. Peace with him. Peace with ourselves. But peace that he's the one who does it. That's his authority. Do I have enough power to heal people? No. Does he? Absolutely. Do I have enough power to deliver people? No. But does he? Not even a question. Do I have enough power to forgive? Sometimes I don't think so. But he does. Today, I believe there's something of Jesus saying, As God has sent me, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. See, you were probably better off before you heard this. Because the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. If you don't know you have authority, then God doesn't require you to move in it, right? But now that you do, he does. Oh, rats. No. Oh, yes. How exciting. (laughs) Can you stand with me? And then close your eyes. Not that it's more spiritual if your eyes are closed, believe me. I just don't want you distracted by other people. Uh, There's a time when we need to say, okay, God, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I believe that Jesus is here this morning. And he's commissioning each and every one of us. says, as the Father has sent me, with his authority, Jesus said he did nothing but what he heard the Father saying and saw the Father doing. As the Father has sent him, don't do anything on your own. But in relationship with Him, do what He's saying. As the Father has sent Him, with the power and authority of God behind Him, He's sending you. With the power and authority. I have this picture of Jesus with his hand on your shoulder. Just saying, I send you. It's not me. It's not me, Russ, sending you. Because I don't have any authority to give you. He says, all authority has been given to him. He now sends you with that authority. We get the privilege being a part of what he's doing. Lord, we just stand humbled at your love for us. humbled that you've redeemed us, but even more humbled that you choose to use us to extend your kingdom. You've given us the authority to preach the gospel. You've given us the authority to heal the sick. You've given us the authority to set free those who are demonized. You've given us the authority to forgive. And love, we receive that right now. As we see the truth of your word, we receive that anew and afresh today. Where we've been blinded by the, the world or the enemy. We open our eyes and say, Jesus has given us authority. And you say, the very works that you've done, we will do an even greater. Not because we're something special, but because you're special. So Lord, where the enemy would say we're not good enough to be used by God, we reject that lie in Jesus' name. Where the enemy would say we're not spiritual enough, we reject that lie. Where the enemy would say we don't have enough faith, we reject that lie. we have enough faith to obey everything you tell us to do and so Lord we just see a commissioning taking place now as we go about our day to day things see when you said all authority has been given to me go therefore make disciples go wasn't a command make disciples was a command go is as you're going it's what it literally says in the Greek as you're going, represent me and make disciples. So wherever you're going, whatever your sphere of influence, whatever your contacts, whatever your, wherever you are, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Lord, we receive that.